Yeah, we got a we got a big one today. I'm excited. But I got some stuff we gotta talk about before we get into that. So Alright, we ready? On your cue, sir. Cue. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of four thirty in the morning. This is your boy Ben. And Pat is back as well. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Episode twenty one. Episode twenty one. Wow. So we are we can smoke and drink now. Smoke, can we? We, we can we can buy cigarettes okay. and drink now. There we go. Remember they changed the tobacco age to twenty one? At least here in Ohio. Did they? Yes. I miss that. Yeah. I I've never bought tobacco in my life, so Yeah, you have to you have to be twenty one to buy cigarettes now or tobacco products. Really? I'm pretty sure it's a thing, yeah. You know, it's probably not a bad thing. It's probably not a bad thing, yeah. I mean I, there's not a lot of eighteen year olds that are gonna get like feel oh I'm so repressed because you know I can't smoke. Ah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm all for freedom, but at the same time. Yeah, I, I think it's better that way because you know when you're 18, I mean you're still developing. Yeah. You know you, you don't want to you don't want to hurt that you don't want to degrade yourself at an early age like that in your development stage, right? Well, I mean kids do. Right, they do. Yeah. Most kids start smoking at like 13. That's crazy to me. Like in high school, everybody was smoking. There was a lot of kids. Like it was a common. I thing. mean, they were normally seniors though. They they weren't really freshmen. Uh, you didn't really see a lot of freshmen uh, smoking. Maybe I hung out with a lot of weirdos. Maybe a couple. I do remember a couple kids in my class smoking, but there were there were a lot. I, I knew a lot. It happened. Anyways, what kind of news stories we got today? So I got two news stories. Okay, I got two as well. First news story. I found this on Instagram, so I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm running with it. Okay. Did you know that in 1983, Terry Bradshaw checked into a Louisiana hospital for an elbow surgery under the alias of Tom Brady? No shit. Yeah, not even kidding. And then there's a news there's a, a news article. Shreveport, Louisiana. Shrive. Shreveport? Sh- sh- is it Shrive? No. S-H- Shreveport? Shreveport? Sorry, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Louisiana. Hiding behind the alias, Pittsburgh Steeler quarterback Terry Bradshaw entered North Louisiana Hospital and underwent minor surgery for muscle tears in the elbow of his throwing arm. During his stay, Bradshaw made rounds to the hospital to uh, visit six children who were really cheered, who uh, really cheered them up. Four-time winning Super Bowl quarterback was admitted to the doctor's hospital on March 3rd under the name Thomas Brady. <laughs> That's funny. So Tom Brady was already around before Tom Brady. Yep. So and he was already winning Super Bowls. So the real Tom Brady is really Terry Bradshaw. Do you think Terry Bradshaw probably passed on his essence to Tom Brady? That's what I'm thinking. I think so. I mean, we've already seen it happen once with LeBron. Right. So I think that's that's hilarious. Like, I don't really got too much to, to add to that. Now, hear me out with this. So, you know about those really crazy, lifelike masks that the CIA made? Yes. What if Tom Brady is actually Terry Bradshaw, and Terry Bradshaw is actually Tom Brady? So, Tom Brady's actually been doing the sports you know, analysis this whole time for Fox, and Terry Bradshaw has actually been playing football. You know, that makes sense, because... Number one, Terry Bradshaw's got the bald head, which is easy to make a mask out of. Yes. Like, he could just slip into a Tom Brady outfit. It's not really going to matter. Right. Now, Tom Brady becoming Terry Bradshaw, I think that's where we kind of run into a little bit of a logistical problem. I mean, do you see him on the set throwing the football? I mean, he looks like he's he's in form. Yeah, that is true. Tom Brady can't run, so, I mean, Terry Bradshaw can't run. He's old. Neither of them can run. You know? I think this is legit. We're on to this. We're, we're, we're on to something here. I think we need to tweet this to Larry Johnson. And see what he says. See, he's going to take it and he's going to turn it into some weird Illuminati something or other. I just want to make sure we get credit for this if we're right. All right. Uh, we will tweet Larry <laughs> at 30 in the... <laughs> 
Uh, we'll get this one out. You're going to have to send this to me uh, after we get this episode done. Definitely. So that we can get this out there on the Twitter. I don't know. Uh, Terry Bradshaw, he's a character. Did you know that he when he was in college, I can't remember what the school was. It was somewhere in Louisiana. He was the backup quarterback to a different celebrity. Do you know who Phil Robertson is from the show Duck Dynasty? Yes. He was the starting quarterback at the same college that Terry Bradshaw played at. Are you shitting me? And Terry Bradshaw was Phil's backup. Are you kidding me? Not kidding That me. is incredible. Now, Phil Robertson could have played in the NFL. He was that good, obviously. He was starting over Terry Bradshaw, but he was too into the hunting and the right that lifestyle, whatever. And when he was talking to teams, NFL teams, this is kind of before the like the draft was a thing, but it wasn't like like you would talk to teams and kind of get a feel for a team before you get drafted type of a thing, right? And it was just like you know I'm not gonna give up training camp or give up duck season for training camp, so right. It was just where he went. He ended up going back to school, got his master's in education. Good for him. I mean, he did well for himself. Yeah, he's a millionaire now, I'm sure. And yeah, he started his business and he was world famous now so right. it worked out yeah. but Good I, for thought, Phil. I thought that was funny that that is funny yeah that they were on the same team and phil was the starter <laughs> not terry bradshaw that is funny anyways i got my first news story are you done with that one yeah go ahead so this one is out of alabama this is from the cnn wire which is not the best news source anyways so alabama woman faces felony charges after stealing neighbor's goat and painting it okay this is funny she faces felony charges after stealing the neighbor's goat okay and painting it so first of all you have to steal a goat right then you have to paint it have you ever have you ever stolen a goat before no have you ever painted a goat before no so somehow this woman had the skills to do both it's pretty that's pretty impressive uh erica marie farmer age 34 was arrested for the crime she also faces theft of property charges probably in endangering animals too endangering. and uh animal animal cruelty i think is what they got her for hmm. but okay she's she's basically destined to do this since her last name is farmer yeah for one i mean come on i mean but farmers she needs a farm of her own she's not the first farmer i'm familiar with there was a picture for the tigers he played for the mud hens for a while named buck farmer buck farmer buck farmer huh. now i don't know if you know about minor league baseball at all how it works you got like single a then you got double a then you got triple a which is what the mud hens are mm-hmm. then you got the majors and you got to kind of like work your way up mm-hmm. so like one year usually players don't really ascend quickly you could theoretically get called up from anywhere mm-hmm. but i remember the one season my father and i were looking at the down like in the single a teams that were associated with the tigers mm-hmm. and a player that popped up was buck farmer somebody we'd never heard of before. <laughs> and i was just like dad look at this there's a guy playing for it was the lakeland lakeland tigers in florida his name was buck farmer <laughs> he's like this can't be real buck and I'm just like, if there's one player I want to make it all the way up, there's your guy right there. He's a pitcher. Sure enough, later that year, all of a sudden, the Tigers had a string of injuries and they needed somebody to pitch. And it was it was Buck oh, Farmer. Oh, Buck. And he was up he was up there for a while. He grew That's out his funny. beard. He became a character. And he Good played for, for the Mud Hens for a while, too. No shit. But I thought that was funny. So this woman's name is Erica Farmer. Is she related you know, to Buck? Probably, but I don't know where Buck Farmer's from. Now, if your name is Buck Farmer, you're probably from the South. Probably. You probably got some other stuff going on. But why would you paint the goat like i can understand stealing a goat like me and timothy have tried to steal goats before but there's no point to painting the goat where where did you encounter a goat that you could steal at, okay this is really random at one point three houses down i where where tim lives right now my parents house the backyards kind of expand so you can kind of see in the like multiple backyards if you look straight ahead okay the one yard had goats in it the one day well, just one day just one day randomly they just never had goats in i haven't there seen before? them again since are you shitting me no <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking at it i'm like it's like someone who went out and 
bought goats and it, like, you know what, this isn't working out, and then just returned them. Pretty much. <laughs> it was one day, and we haven't seen them since. This is probably a year ago. I was looking, and I'm like, Tim, look look right there. Look due north, wherever it was. I'm like, are those not goats running? I was like, yes, those absolutely are goats. <laughs> and we, we had a plan. We were going to try to get some of those goats. There were like probably three or four running around, but we haven't seen them again since, so... I don't know. Was somebody goat, <laughs> was somebody goat sitting one day? Like, right? That's funny. I don't know. Anyways, uh, you got any more uh, news stories for us today? Yeah, I do have another news story. Hopefully, it's not the same one I got. Okay. Utility worker finds medieval tunnel while relocating a pole in Wales. That doesn't surprise me. Which is really cool. Here's the here's a photo of it. You know that is awesome. Like like how awesome is that? That is you pretty cool. You found a medieval fucking hole in, in in Wales and you're just out there doing your job. Like, That's you pretty me? sweet. So a, a Welsh utility company said workers excavating excavating a trench for relocation of a pole on a customer's property made an unusual discovery, a previously unknown medieval tunnel. Western Power Distribution said members of the company East Wales team were working in Tintern in the Y Valley. And yes, it is pronounced Y. W-Y-E. Okay. After a customer requested re- relocation of a pole on their property, the workers were excavating a trench when they discovered that what they initially believed to be a cave. I've been involved in other excavations where we have discovered old wells and cellars not shown on any plans, but nothing as exciting and impressive as this, the technicians said. Further investigation revealed that it was a man-made tunnel around four feet in height, Gore said. He said the tunnel runs under a sidewalk parallel to the Angiddy Brook and appears to follow the brook's path. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. And um, they think that it, um, the Tintern Abbey Iron Ruins, located nearby the site, the tunnel's discovery, date from the 1100s. Okay, so this would have, what do you think this was? Probably a sewer or a, was it something to do with water movement? Mm, let's see. They, I don't know if they said. They probably don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they really know. The research said in the area's history uh, failed to unearth any mentions of the tunnel's ordnance survey maps dating back to the 1700s. He said it also does not appear in any public records. That's interesting. See, you kind I would have thought like a place like Britain, they would have records for all that. But then again, if you're going back behind like the 1500s, basically, a lot of the record just got destroyed. Like you yeah. invaded a village or you took over a, a town or whatever. You just destroyed everything. So it's incredible, though. Wonder that is how, crazy. I wonder how far it goes. I wonder what it was used for. Like, I know a lot of the European infrastructure, they kind of just keep building on top of what's already there. It's not like the United States where you're redeveloping farmland and the subdevelopments. There's a lot of just building up based on what was has been there for centuries it's crazy that that just would have gone unnoticed right you know? like i'm sure they've dug that deep before they've never noticed it i mean they said it was below a sidewalk and they were i mean how many other poles did they put in that area they've never noticed it i don't know that's crazy that's crazy that's pretty cool though yeah that's what gets we'll have to do a uh, follow-up on that sometimes see if yeah, anything sure. more pops up no doubt uh, i do have one more news story though so this, this is the bombshell this the, is the probably the biggest news story that we've covered all right i'm excited on this one now this is another ufo sighting oh shit uh, this one comes from not only the most credible source that we've we're gonna feature on this show probably ever. It comes from a character that we've talked about this, on the show no less than five different times. Now we've never talked about this guy in connection with UFOs before, which makes it extra interesting. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wednesday night, while he was out having dinner with his wife on the way home, Baker Mayfield of the Cleveland Browns reported on his Instagram and then on Twitter, almost 100%. M and I just saw a UFO drop straight out of the sky on our way home from dinner. We stopped and looked at each other and asked if each of us saw it. Very bright ball of light going straight down out of the sky towards Lake Travis. Anybody else witness this? And witnesses have come forward and said, yes, we've also seen this. Now, Lake Travis is outside of Austin, Texas. So Baker Mayfield, who has never been a UFO person in his life, 
has seen a UFO. His his wife verifies it. His wife also is like, I don't know what to tell you guys. We saw this thing. That's crazy. Come down over Lake Travis. Uh, this this is a big one because number one, I mean, who who's a more reliable source than Baker Mayfield? You can't really name too many more people. I mean, yeah, I don't know who's more credible. I mean, he plays football, so he's a trained observer. I mean, everything that you're looking for, <laughs> everything you want out of a witness is in the story. Now, this comes straight from Baker. This isn't some story that somebody else is picking up. This is straight from the man himself. Right. Something that we've talked about many times on the show. Right. I don't know. I'm starting to get really, I'm starting to think that something's going on. Now, 2020 was a big year for UFO sightings. It was. There were a lot in 2020, and obviously 2021 started off pretty hot with the one that we covered a couple of weeks ago, and now Baker Mayfield seeing a UFO. I don't know. Pretty crazy. I just want to see one of these damn things on video. Yeah. But they're just so hard to catch, you know? Exactly. That's the thing, and obviously it was a quick, this was a quick sighting, so it wasn't like he was able to get his phone out and record that quickly, but. Right. I mean, this is a credible witness who has no reason to be talking about UFOs coming out and giving us this report. That's pretty now, crazy. there's a couple things we got to comment on. First of all, Colin Cowherd, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with him. The Fox Sports media personality. One of, he's one of my least favorite media people. You know what? He's... He goes too far sometimes with really outlandish shit. Like, he, he's right sometimes. Like he's good sometimes. Sometimes he's right, but anybody I could be right twenty yeah. percent of the time. Yeah, he he's a little he's kind of ridiculous. But the, go ahead. The thing that rubs me in the wrong way with Colin Cowherd is how self centered and arrogant he is as an individual. Yes, he hates the average person. He hates he hates so much about normal people, and he hates Baker Mayfield. He hates his guts. So Colin Cowherd has done two segments on the Baker Mayfield UFO sighting. The first one he was talking about how you know he doesn't want he. He wouldn't want his quarterback talking about UFOs if he was running a team. What, what is that going to do? He was just like, he was just like, you don't see Tom Brady talking about aliens. And Tom Brady tweeted at him and he's like, hey, Con, how do you know that I haven't seen a UFO before? <laughs> What's extra funny Savage. is back in 2010 or 2011, Aaron Rodgers saw a UFO. He said that he saw an orange dot in the sky and then he saw fighter jets flying after it. So there is a precedent for quarterbacks reporting UFO sightings. Okay, but Aaron Rodgers is not credible. Yeah, I don't know if he is. I, I trust Baker Mayfield a lot more than... I do too. But uh, Colin Cowherd's second segment, he had Neil deGrasse Tyson on the show to talk about <laughs> Baker Mayfield's UFO sighting. He was... Yeah. Colin Cowherd was that pissed off that Baker Mayfield saw a UFO. He had to bring him on the that show. That he had to bring like the world's leading astrophysicist <laughs> on the show to break down the story. That's so funny. I don't, I don't know, but I'm I'm proud of Baker for stepping forward. I mean, you got to hand it to him. At least he's not one of those people that's just going to pretend that it doesn't happen or it didn't exist. Right. I do have a couple concerning questions for you. Yes. Is Baker's wife from Texas? He's from Texas. Oh, he's from Texas. Yes. This is this is around his home area. Okay. I just want to make sure. Because I'm, I'm curious as to why he was in Texas. That's what everybody keeps asking. Though. Austin, he was he was from the Austin area, so okay. Want to make sure? So I, I didn't know if he was maybe being traded to the Houston or, or anything like that. A little trade between Watson and I don't know if he was he maybe visiting Houston or something. No, that is not what's going on. That'd be kind of crazy though. It would be crazy. I don't think it's going to happen. Would you take Deshaun Watson over Baker Mayfield in a vacuum? No. You liar. You Baker's, just like you just like Baker. Baker's got the it factor. Shit. He runs that offense. It's all about winning games. I think you win more games with Baker. I think you win more games with Deshaun freaking Watson. Are you kidding me? I, don't, I think he needs to have the offense revolve around himself. I don't think Baker needs to do that. I guess that's a, I guess that's a fair argument. Anyways, uh, one comment that has to be made for our own credibility on the show is there was a SpaceX flight that would have been due south 
of where Austin, Texas is. It would have been on the fringe of visibility. Had the flight taken off right when Baker saw his made a sighting, it would have been on the fringe of visibility. Now, the two problems that keep popping up is, number one, there's been no confirming report that what Baker saw was a SpaceX flight. It's something that people have been postulating. Number two, an analysis of where Baker made his sighting could completely throw that out of the water if he was looking in the wrong direction, you know? Right. And he would have had to been looking at the right in the right place at the right time and seen it come down. And it's still, it's on the fringe of visibility. Like, Baker was like 350 miles away from the launch site. Right. They can be seen like 475 miles away, so. Now, he, he saw this thing coming down or going up? Coming down. Okay. So, that's what a lot it, of people are trying to say. They're like, oh, we just saw the SpaceX flight. It would, you, it would be very, it's very easy to determine that. Just based on when did the rocket go up? When did Baker make his sighting? If it's within a 15 minute window, you can say, yeah, that probably is what he saw. Mm-hmm. Where was he looking? The fact that nobody has gotten to the bottom of this yet, and it's been two days since this story has been you, reported. You gotta have evidence. You, you, can't, have evidence. you can't just say that it was yeah. the you, SpaceX flight. It would have came out immediately. I mean, you can't say that it was or that it wasn't yet. Exactly. Because there's not enough information. Exactly. But if that if if they were, if they wanted to keep Baker quiet and make it look like he was an idiot, and they could have proven it, they would have done it by now. The Probably. fact that they haven't proven it yet makes me think, hey, you know, might be something to this Baker Mayfield sighting. That's true. Now, if you're an alien and you're going in for a landing spot, you're not going to land anywhere near Baker Mayfield, though, because he's too dangerous. I'm trying to think why he's dangerous. I'm just going to wait for what you... I, I'd like to hear what you have to say about okay, this. Okay, I know you're not a Browns fan. Uh, there was a quote last... Two years ago, three years ago, the Falcons and the Browns played, and the Browns kind of thrashed the Falcons pretty badly and they asked Baker they said hey you know Baker you, you balled out today uh, how, how are you feeling I mean you looked really good out there and he just says well you know I woke up feeling dangerous I remember that and he said that because he won if he would have lost he wouldn't have said that shit he said he would have said I woke up feeling like a bitch no I don't think so yes definitely well anyways I, I bought my father a t-shirt with that on it. <laughs> it was shipped it was shipped before the next game came out like they created that t-shirt immediately of course had it on sale me and my father were wearing it by the next week Oh my god, so dumb. I don't know. I'm I'm very I'm ha- I'm proud of Baker. I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him coming out, stepping up. You know what's been kind of nice? Probably like the last three years. Sure. Three, four years. See, Josh is a Falcons fan. Yes. And both of our teams have just kind of beaten them, so I haven't had to take shit from Josh, which has been kind of nice. The Browns have beaten the Falcons every time in the last, like, eight years. They only played twice, but... I'm pretty sure Pittsburgh has as well. Last time we played the Falcons, we beat them. I remember two times ago, uh, Devin Hester was playing for the Falcons, and the Browns lined up for, like, a 65-yard field goal at halftime. (laughs) And the Falcons were just like, well... We're going to put Hester back there because there's no way that this kicker has the leg to kick at 65 yards. And he ran it back. <laughs> well, he did. He took off. He, he busted down the seam. He was all alone. There was the long snapper and the punter were back there. And he had like 30 yards of open space. The long snapper directed, just directed Hester one way. The punter just slowed him down enough. Joel Batonio, who was down in the corner of the end zone, <laughs> offensive left guard for the Browns, just made a beeline. And they had like the like the top up photo. Yeah. It was like, it was watching, it was like watching uh, DJ Metcalf. Metcalf uh, take, take down, or DK Baker. Metcalf take down Buda Baker. That was yeah. the exact same thing, except for <laughs> it was 320 pounds Joel Batonio chugging like a turkey down. <laughs> And taking down the greatest return man of all time. It was it was incredible. That's awesome. I remember Joe Thomas was on the team at that point, and he was like, that was the greatest David versus Goliath play that I've <laughs> ever seen. <laughs> he got the greatest of all time versus a big, fat, slow offensive lineman. That's funny. And that guy chugged all the way down the field and made the play. Anyways, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Uh, what's your main topic today, buddy? Colts. Colts. What's our name? What's our What's our main topic today? I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm trying new shit, all right? Cults. 
So we're talking about cults. Cults. Yes. This would be an interesting topic. Yeah. Uh, I was doing my. Re- <laughs> Jesus Christ. Go ahead. You know, I was texting you today because I was doing my taxes and I was messaging you just to make sure we were going to record today. I wasn't watching what I was typing, so I was trying to type in cults. I got the C and the L in there. I got the vowel wrong, and I mis- I misplaced the L and the new vowel, and then obviously the T. I almost messed it up pretty badly. Now, I saved it. I saved it, <laughs> but that could have been bad. It could have been very bad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're talking about cults today. Right. For those of you who don't know, a cult is... There's a lot of different definitions. Yeah. And uh, I, I found the best one I found is right here. I, I feel like this definition is what people think of... When they think of a cult. Okay. Okay. A group or movement held together by a shared commitment to a charismatic leader or ideology. A belief system that answers all of life's questions and offers a solution to be gained only by following the leader's role. That's pretty good. You know, there, there's, like I said, there's probably like three or four like different definitions. Yeah, you could use a lot. Different variations of the kind of the same thing. Because when people, like, okay, I guess you could say a lot of religions are basically cults. Basically. Right? Yeah, a lot of but, them could be classified as such. Right. But, you know, they're a little bit different. I think the biggest difference between a cult and a religion is the amount that it's ingrained in society. Yes, and how many people are involved. Yeah, probably the amount of people is another one. You, you get a couple hundred thousand people involved in something. I mean, you're looking at a religion at that point. Exactly. Now, let me ask you this real quick before we get into this. So we're kind of talking about religions and cults and where the line gets drawn. And there really probably isn't there. You really can't draw a line between the two. So you probably most people probably wouldn't consider the Catholic Church a cult. Right. Even though a lot of people would. Yeah. Some. Yeah. Some people would it, like like it depends how you define it. Now, Mormonism would be easier to define as a cult than the Catholic Church. In terms of my opinion, just based on one billion people versus five or ten million or whatever. The, I don't know the number is on the Mormon Church, but. I don't know either. Two thousand years of history versus right. 150. For sure. Know? Right. So there's a lot of there's a lot of different variations that we can get into. I think we're probably going to get into some uh, probably smaller ones today, more than likely. I think so. At least I, on my end. I, mine wasn't that big. Maybe Maybe 20, 30 people. Fair enough. Anyways, what do you got? Let's, let's, I'm going to let you jump in, and I'm going to just kind of... So so most of the information I'm going to have on this cult is uh, from Oxygen Crime News, and... <laughs> I think my mother's going to laugh out loud when you cite, when yeah. she listens to that and you cite that source. It's not the greatest, <laughs> but it has a good interview with somebody that was in the cult. You know, anybody can do an interview. I mean, we could have some pretty good interviews. Right, Does, we doesn't, could. doesn't dismiss the quality of the content. Right. So... Okay. And um, also from a podcast I was listening to the other day, literally called Cults. Okay. So, you ever heard of the Gatekeepers? I feel like I have. I don't know anything about them, though. Right. So, Gatekeepers, they were led by a guy named Christopher Turgeon, right? Good, and, solid cult cult leader name. Right. In the 1990s, it basically started as like a Bible study. And um, one day, Turgeon announced to the members of this Bible study that God spoke to him directly and that God declared him a prophet. Okay. Now, how this happened was he was he was at pretty sure he was at school in some college or something like that, and he was reading the Bible, and all the lights went out, and this and on the Bible, some type of light only illuminated one particular part, and it was uh, about Elijah, the prophet Elijah, and he, he I guess he's had multiple visions as well of God coming to him telling him shit. Okay. And he basically said that God came to him and told him that he was to be a prophet. Okay. You're gonna say he had multiple visions. Yes. I'm gonna say you probably. I had multiple acid trips. Probably. But. Now, this interview involves a guy named Nathaniel Chapman who was in the cult. I feel like I've heard that name before. 
You might have, yeah. Okay. So so this guy, so uh, Turgeon's men- mentality during this whole thing was that they were uh, to be called Keepers of the Gate, which was a reference to the Gate of Salvation and the gate that answers a bunch of questions that only Turgeon believed he held, that God, God gave him these keys okay. to salvation, and he was supposed to come down to Earth and basically pass judgment on a bunch of people on Earth. God okay. gave him the ability so to So he's going to be the one passing judgment. He is the... Yes, that he, he can't, yes. Okay, he can't yet? No, he can, yes. He can? Okay. I was going to say he doesn't have the right. power yet. Okay. So he quickly got more followers, and he gained a lot of popularity in his in his community, and this was in Washington, Washington State. Okay. What he did was he discredited other churches and uh, discredited other preachers and, and shit like that. He proposed that God will bring down a bunch of fire on a bunch of these churches. And not long after that, a bunch of fire started popping up in different churches around his community. Even the one across the damn street from his house where he lived. That's a little suspicious. So that so that prophecy became real. And he didn't do it, supposedly. He didn't do it? Yeah, because he woke up. He woke up one night to seeing light in his window, and he looked across the street, and the damn church was on fire. So were his people setting the fires? It wasn't quite like that yet, I don't believe. Okay. Okay, we'll we'll get there to crime. So he got more more followers, and it morphed into a religious cult. And uh, Turgeon believed that death was a proper penalty for being gay and having any type of interest in astrology. I mean, that's what a lot of cults would say in the 90s, so... So basically, this guy claimed that God came to him and that he would bring judgment onto the earth and that he was like the new Elijah. Like he's like the new Elijah, the next Elijah. Now, Elijah was the only person ever to enter the gates of heaven alive, right? Really? Yes, according to the Bible. I don't know about that. And as a group, they got larger and they secluded themselves from everybody, their friends, their family, their, you know, everybody. And um, as they they went on, Turgeon became less interested in the Bible and he started getting very paranoid about like satanic government people coming after them, trying to find them and take them out and all this bullshit. Now that's a real thing, but they don't care about this guy. Hate to say it. Yeah, probably not. So under the facade of doing God's work, Turgeon and his followers carried out several fraud schemes against, you know, who they thought were immoral or who he thought was immoral. And saying crimes were necessary. You know, they were basically doing this for bankroll and preparing for the apocalypse. Sure. And real quick, he now he told his followers that he had another vision from God of the apocalypse and that the world was going to end in 22 years on March 22nd, 2004. What was I doing March 22nd of 2004? I was in the fourth grade. I was probably fourth grade or fifth grade? Third grade. I think I was in the fourth grade. Because my grades yeah, were always the, the year grade. that I left. So, 2004, yeah, a, I was in fourth grade. Yeah. So I was born in I was born in 95. I was probably getting ready for baseball. Yeah, probably getting ready for baseball. Getting my swing together. We never had a single practice that year. We just played. No shit. I ended up winning the championship. It's <laughs> pretty impressive. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. Yeah, so preparing for the apocalypse. And this one, one of the... Uh, there were like four main guys, and then there were like a bunch of other like families. I think it totaled to like 30 people. Just 30? Cult. Yeah, about 30, 40 okay. people maybe. So the go- the satanic government didn't care at all then? Obviously not, no. Anyways. But they started getting, the, uh, the government, FBI, they get involved a little later. But um, a guy in, in the in the group, Dan Jess, a member, he was an ex-Marine, and he didn't agree with all this, you know, criminal activity and shit that they were doing. Sure. So he left the group 
only to be murdered in the March of 98. Murdered probably by the group, huh? Yes. So we'll get to that. So Dan Jess, the guy that left, he made a call to Surgeon and was like, bro, you use a check and put my name on it. And I didn't authorize this, yada, yada, yada. And they had this big argument over the phone, right? Sure. After he left the group. Yeah. And Chris went back to his people and were like, this guy's going to turn us all in, turn us over to Child Protective Services because they were abusing their kids. I'll get more into that in a minute. Well, that, that's the worst part about all these cults is these poor kids right. have no choice and they get they just get like I know it's, it's, it's the worst shit it's Anyways, really bad I'm sorry and this guy you know he believed in the domination of women he didn't believe in any type of feminism or anything like that he's really not a good dude and these yeah. people like really got into him radically yeah and this guy was pretty radical yeah so this place originated in Washington and they moved before this guy was murdered they moved to uh, Pala, California and um, where? Pala I was gonna say Palo Alto or just Palo? Pala okay P-A-L-A, California. All right, I'm sorry. No, you're good. And because of his paranoia, they were able, he, he got all kinds of weapons and just beefed them up for the apocalypse, right? Yes. They did burglaries and a bunch of other crime continued until their last one. They did one last burglary, July 13th, 1998. And um, cops ap- attempted to uh, pull him over because he was driving erratically, uh, the, the main dude. And one of his followers, Brian Appen, Applin, who ended up being found that he killed Don, uh, Dan Jess. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, he was firing at police. So it was this big police chase, and multiple agencies were involved in this police chase. They were taken into custody. When searching Brian uh, Applin, they found a 9mm Glock, which was the same fucking shit that they found at the murder scene of Dan Jess. So they were convicted on 17 felonies. Applin got 101 years. Turgeon got 89 years. And that's just for California. And then they were extradited to Washington for the murder of Dan Jess. Okay. Applin got 39 years, and Turgeon got 50 years on top of what they got. Good. They should have gotten more. So in this cult, man, this dude had some pretty insane rules. Uh, He would dictate when they would speak and what they could say, the members. He would tell them when they could engage in intimate acts and they and he would monitor what they watched on TV. He only he could say what they could do in regards to like ceremonies and shit like that. And real quick, viewer discretion is advised. Oh god, I'm going to plug my ears. They threatened if they questioned his uh, his teachings, he would threaten kids and when kids would ask too much questions about the teachings, they would have the parents line all their kids up and just beat them. Beat the fuck out of them. It's fucking terrible. And then he 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 wasn't cool to pets either, man. A dog scratched him one time and he made them shoot the fucking dog i mean he shot a dog and he made it to where and when they moved from washington to california he bought this big thing of land and he had one big house built on it and like a chicken coop and all other types of shit and he he made it to where their entire life was dependent on him money food everything he controlled every aspect of their life see what i don't get and you covered a lot of shit like how the hell does one person have the mental energy to keep all this shit up like what it is is they appeal to vulnerable people who are looking for shit in their life, whether they don't know their what they want to do for their career or they're addicted to drugs or alcohol yeah, or they have psychological issues or just like the guy in the interview that I read, uh, he had problems with his spirituality and he was a, I, he probably had a little bit of PTSD if he was a Marine veteran. Sure, yeah. So these people, they just look to somebody to guide them basically. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's a shame like that there are a lot of people out there and I was thinking about like what, what, what is the mentality 
personality of a cult leader. Obviously, the charisma yep. is a big one, but you also have to have a severe level of sociopathic yeah. Yeah. tendencies to even pull any of this shit off. Because, I mean, all of that, like, is this guy still alive? I don't know. Probably. Probably, like, in, it's probably, probably impossible. But, like, how the hell do you come up with all this stuff, number one? Number two, to go about doing it and to be that oppressive, like... And, you know, how, how does one guy only think that this is bad? He just leaves. As far as I know, everyone else stayed. But I mean, there's there is a there's a common human psychology of dependency on groups, and you see it in all parts of society. Mm-hmm. Yep. Work, social life, family, everything is dependent on groups, churches. So people that haven't found their niche yet, a lot of people are looking because if you're not part of a group, there's something wrong with you. Right. It's it's a common assumption. That's not one I agree with because I don't I don't really ascribe to any groups anymore. Like even my family. <laughs> I don't you know. I don't know how popular i am these days <laughs> but it, it's it's a it's a bad it's a bad uh tendency to to need that you're emotionally dependent on groups to a severe extent now i understand everybody needs other people for things like mm-hmm. it's part of life like a lot of people are just social people that like having groups but a lot of people just they they did either didn't find it or whatever and i could argue that there's a lot of things that are cult-like that aren't as destructive like a lot of corporations are cult-like yes like look at any big corporation really if you're in that corporate environment that's a cult it dictates your life everything your your entire life revolves around right making the company better or whatever uh, even there was the one that my parents were in for a while called amway i don't know if you ever heard of that it's a it's basically it's a it's a pyramid scheme is what it is wait your parents ran it they were in it oh they were in it no they didn't run it shit but it's like it's like one of those it's a pyramid scheme basically <laughs> oh god i always stayed away from the <laughs> yeah they were doing they didn't, they didn't it didn't last too long which is good but it's a, it's like a sales pyramid scheme but it's been people have said that it's a cult because of just the lifestyle that it demands. Yeah, no doubt. And it's still growing strong today. Now it's a different, it's not a religious cult, it's a company cult, but it's the same type of thing. And it's dependency, it's dependent on using, making something look really good. Number one, it's all about presentability. It's all about demonstrating stability and demonstrating something that people want. Have you ever seen the show, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yes. Uh, you know who Dennis Reynolds is? One of the yeah. main characters? Yes. He has this whole Dennis, Dennis system where he could make any girl fall in love with him. <laughs> and his first thing is D, which is demonstrate value. So I won't, I won't get into it, but um, some political mu- movements are like cults. Exactly. Well. No, they are. I mean, I, there's a whole lot of them. And I got a couple that I was going to talk about. The one... Um, yeah, let's get into Pat's cults. I'm excited. I don't got as many. Like That was a really good detailed thing. Mine is just kind of lazy research. But have you ever heard of Heaven's Gate? Mm-mm. This is Marshall Applewhite. You've definitely seen the picture of him or a video of him. He's a bald guy, uh, old, like it looks like he's in his sixties and his eyes are like really wide and he's talking. If I were to, sh- if I were to pull a picture up, you'd, okay. yeah. you'd know. Anyways, he started this cult called Heaven's Gate on the early 1970s where basically him and Bonnie Nettles, who I'm going to assume is his partner, but I don't know for sure. Uh, they were doing road trips across America with what they called was the crew. Basically it was one of these religious cults where he claimed that he was Jesus Christ. He basically told his people that they were going to attack to a starship that was following Halley's Comet. Yes. So they're going to attach to Halley's Comet, like a starship was like attached to the comet, but they had to kill themselves in order to get there. So eventually in 1997, and they like released videos and stuff, and they were they were relatively like they were out there himself. Now this was the craziest part. Usually these cult leaders are like it's oh, the sex is a huge aspect of their lives. This guy castrated himself as part of the whole thing. Are you serious? And convinced eight of his people to do the same thing. How many? Eight. Eight. Yes. <sighs> so they were like, "Yep, this this guy." is the way the truth and the life chop it off but he did it himself which is the crazy thing you don't see cult leaders doing this like david koresh with the branch davidians the whole waco thing yes he claimed that he was taking on the burden of sex for everybody 
So he was a lot of things. <laughs> That's a smart man. I am not going to lie. He was taking on the sinful burden. So his followers were all families, and they were all married and the couples and whatever, except the guys weren't allowed to do a damn, damn thing. And obviously all of the babies in the cult were yeah. the offspring of Mr. Koresh. That is insane. This guy decided to flip the script and just chop it off. I don't know. That is absolutely incredible. Now, like a lot of these cults, like the Jim Jones one where they all kill each other. Yeah. They did the suicide. Now, this suicide is a little bit different. Uh, in 1997, 39 members of Heaven's Gate donned dark outfits and matching Nike shoes. And when they were found, they were all wearing the same exact thing. Like, you, either photos are out there of them with weren't, the shoes. Weren't they all in bunk beds? Yes. I, 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 have, I have heard of this. They drank vodka and ate applesauce and pudding that contained barbiturates. So, I mean... Came up with that combination. I don't know. That's a, probably a normal Saturday night for a lot of people. So, what was it? Applesauce, yogurt, and what? Applesauce and pudding. Pudding? Containing barbiturates, which is a type of drug. I don't really know what barbiturates are. Do you know what barbiturates no, are? No, I don't. I'm trying to think of what it is. And then they were drinking vodka, too, so... Some type of poison? Is it like a poison? I'm trying to think of what a good example of a barbiturate... I can't really say it. Barbiturate? It's something. It's like... It's not an amphetamine. It's not an opioid. It's Where'd not a cannabinoid. There's another thing like it's like ecstasy maybe i don't know if ecstasy would work okay okay listeners if you guys know what a barbiturate is please tweet us at 30 in the yeah tweet us at 30 in the I, i'm thinking it could be some type of hallucinogen to where they see something before they die i don't know they drank they drank vodka and they eat these barbiturate laced pudding and applesauce <laughs> and then that didn't kill them what killed them was they suffocated themselves with plastic bags that's how they did it so what get a, what drunk, a way to go barbiturate up suffocate yeah. yourself with a plastic bag you know now, have a little applesauce in between there they did this because they were trying to get up to heaven like they claimed that it was like this was gonna this was their vehicle to get them up to the spaceship which was their heaven basically so that they could go to the comet the the barbiturate had to be some type of hallucinogen to make them feel that so they, know, they could see something i think barbiturates have hallucinogenic effects i wouldn't be surprised about that so maybe now marshall applewhite wasn't really marshall applewhite he was jesus christ so right who knows insane i there, there's a lot <laughs> there's just a lot going on with that like if you, like it takes a lot to convince me of something yeah you're well gonna, you're you're gonna have to be really good you're an independent mind like <laughs> i couldn't do a cult see i i see i look at like normal things that aren't cults and see them as cults yeah like, there's like more than four people together i'm like that's probably a cult so work <laughs> yeah like well see at least on my team like nobody really like talks to each other on my team right now no, you, honestly, like like in assemblies, there's thousands of people. You, I just look around and, man, we're all just doing the same shit, synchronized as fuck, all following the same rules, listening to the same damn bosses. Does it, does it inspire you? It's like, a, it's like a damn cult. Does it make you feel like you belong, like you're really part of the team? I mean, I love my team, but as long as I get paid, that's all I really care about. Sure. You don't you don't feel like some sense of pride? like I feel good about it. Like It is kind of cool. Like It's kind of cool. It's nurturing my life. Yeah. Nurturing my family, you know? But I would argue that there's a lot of things that are cults that people wouldn't consider cults like a frat no oh, yeah frats no and doubt. sororities are cults no doubt they're just it's the same exact concept yeah no doubt kind of there's not they usually don't rally around one leader no but they rally around like they have like they have a hierarchy they definitely right? do I don't know. I could never. I could never do that. They would push hard. Like in college, like when you went around campus, you would get. Mm -hmm. They would really try to. I I would probably do one. I would probably. I wouldn't go into a, like a social fraternity. I'd probably do like a like a business one. Like a professional one's a little bit different. Yeah. But I, even those people were weird. Oh, I've been to I've been to some, some parties. I yeah, couldn't. Crazy. I couldn't do it. I wasn't <laughs> gonna pay. Like I didn't have the time. Like no, I was always working and way too expensive. And you had to pay fees and dues and yeah, I got time. Yeah, go to all these events and it's like I've got work. 
and hey, I got class. At least you graduated college and didn't drop out like me. Yeah. Well, it's like, <laughs> shit, it took me seven years, so I was on the seven-year plan. Anyways, is that it for cults? Do you have any Do you have any more you want to go don't over? I got as much on this one. It's probably one we have to circle back to. Yeah, for sure. We definitely do a cults part two. Yeah, the whole it's all about manipulating psychology and manipulating people's belief systems and getting them to do things that they otherwise probably wouldn't do. Right. Anyways, I got a quick joke for you. I don't know if you're ready for this one. All right, let's go. What does a Lutheran bird eat? A Lutheran bird? A Lutheran bird. Like the religion? Yes. Lutheran? The body of Christ? I don't know. Nope. A diet of worms. <laughs> Do you get it? I think so. There's a whole thing with Martin Luther where they called them to worms, the city in Germany, and they had a meeting which was called a diet, and they were trying to get him to affirm or deny all the stuff that he was doing, where the Catholic Church called them up, and they were like, Martin Luther, you have to affirm or deny all this stuff. Yeah. The meeting was called the Diet yeah. of Worms. Okay, yeah. I told I that remember. To my, I told that to my mother today, <laughs> and she stared at me like, like I was insane. I was trying to think. My brain was racing really fast. What's funny is I told that to my father. I told that joke. I was like, what does a Lutheran bird eat? And he looks at me for a while, and he goes, a diet of worms. And he got it right. Your dad so, is ridiculous. Obviously, that joke isn't that bad. I've got one more comment. Do you have anything else? I have one more thing, but you can go ahead. I'll let you go. I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but I want to tell you the story of the first person to ever find out we were pregnant, Paige and I. Okay. So we had just found out we were pregnant, and we hadn't told anybody, hadn't told a soul. And this is when she was working out on the island, you know? Yes. And there's a Nagoya out there. I don't know what that is. Nagoya. Nagoya is a restaurant. It's kind of like a Sakura. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's one in Levis Commons. Cool. Yeah. So we went out to Nagoya, and when you're pregnant, you're not supposed to eat raw meat. You're not really supposed to eat, like, you're not really supposed to eat, like, a rare steak, really. Okay, I didn't know that. You know? So she orders, like, the surf and turf whatever and she's like i want the steak well done and the guy the 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 chef he's he's some asian i don't don't know i don't know what (laughs) dialect or whatever but he was he was asian sure right and uh she's like i would like that well done and he just in front of everybody because there's there's a bunch of people at the table he's doing a show right and he's like oh are you pregnant how far along are you and i'll tell you what man Paige didn't look pregnant until she was like six months pregnant she didn't have a bump nothing sure she had nothing there's no possible way this guy would know if she was pregnant just by saying she she wanted her steak well done. Like who just comes out and says that? Oh, you're oh you're pregnant. How far along are you? We weren't even like a we were we're like, are you kidding me? Some people like, are, I, some people are assholes and make those what types of kind of intuition does this guy have? Like he was very nice about it. Sure. But like he said it in front of everybody. Everyone's like, Oh, congrats. Oh my gosh. It's like we haven't told anyone yet. No one on the earth knows but That's us. insane that he knew. <laughs> He probably had. He was and, probably doing some mystical divination before. And just these random people that we'll never see again in our life knew about it. That's hilarious. And it, but it was so crazy because it was almost like a weight off your shoulder. Yeah. It's like wow, someone knows. Yeah. And none of them are gonna tell anything about. They're not gonna tell anyone I know about it, which was weird. It's a weird, weird thing. For sure. That's crazy. That's all I got. Uh, anyways, I got one more comment. Go ahead. Uh, so, I don't know. Do you have Amazon Prime Video? Paige does. Okay. This is a documentary that's on Amazon Prime right now. It was on Netflix for a long time. The first time that I saw it, it's only on Prime now. From 1997, it's called The Bigfoot Monster Mystery. 1997. I've probably seen it. Now, I think our next episode has got to be Cryptozoology. Cryptozoology? Which is Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster and all those weird type of creatures that aren't really real, but people think are real. Okay. My one comment to that. Oh, God. Is that I think there's enough evidence that Bigfoot could be real. Loch Ness Monster is not real. 
Okay. No, there's enough. no there's no evidence for Loch Ness monster. Big Bigfoot's a different thing. You think so? Yes. Well, this this documentary was released in 1997. You have to try to watch it. It's only like a 45 minute special. It's on Amazon Prime right now. Bigfoot murder mystery. Okay. 1997. You know you found the right documentary because it starts off with a guy playing drums in the woods, <laughs> like a, like a like a three piece drum kit. I don't know if it's real or not. I think it was. It's like a British satire. It's <laughs> it's the silliest <laughs> thing. I watched it with my family before I right before. Uh, I left because I was out there doing my taxes today. I always do my taxes at my parents' house. So it's more official. For sure. But um, I was like, you guys have to watch this. Uh, and it's the shit that they say, like, it's it's, the, it's it's silly. They have no evidence whatsoever. They don't find anything. They don't really do anything. <laughs> Most Bigfoot document- documentaries don't. This one's worse. Like, it almost plays out like it's it's a, it's like a satire documentary. It's like Trailer Park Boys or something. Like, <laughs> now, what you have to do is I haven't, I haven't done this lately. Okay. But um, what you want to do is do a deep dive on YouTube to um, like individual Bigfoot hunters that were that will literally stay out in the woods for days and nights at a time, and and they observe certain areas to where there are you know a lot of yeah. Bigfoot shit going on. And I've watched a couple that are pretty crazy, man. That are pretty crazy. See, I'm not gonna lie. Now I I feel like it, it could be a species. Now mind you, I don't believe nor not you know. Yeah. I I, I either I, I don't really have an opinion on the Bigfoot situation. I'm just saying that there is some compelling shit out there, whether it's real or not. I try and look at the most amateur looking shit I can find. Sure. So that because those seem more genuine to me. Yeah, and that that's a good way to do it. I don't know how I feel either. Like I was, this was something I've been interested in since I was a really little kid. I've been always looking for Bigfoot. <laughs> I don't know if it's real. I don't know. But either, I'm man. leaning towards no. But the thing that always drives me nuts is when these skeptical biologists always talk about oh how Bigfoot can't be real because they would have found it and all this stuff. I don't agree with that. There's a lot of there's a lot of inside of the box thinking. And my argument would be number one, I think that there was something in North America up until like the 1700s even I mean, because they were digging up bodies they were digging up these big yeah. ass red haired bodies that nobody talks about because every time that that happened the smithsonian institute swooped in and took the bodies every single time and this, this traces back to the 1800s where they were doing this type of stuff number two there's a lot of native american legends about it number three there was this whole well this is gonna have to say this for the whole cryptozoology episode but there there have been fossils found where something like this did exist at one point you know what i'm one of my um one of my one of my things on my bucket list that i've always wanted to do sure was get access to the Smithsonian extra vaults where they house all their shit. They're never gonna let us in there. Like it's like it's like four or five hangars, and they're like football fields big, and they have all this shit in there. That's like, all this. Like, can you imagine going? You, you that, find the history that would of be, everything. I would there. trade the rest of my life to do that. Seriously, <laughs> I want to do that so bad. But that's all the stuff that they don't want you to know about. And the Vatican secret vaults. Well, that's a whole other thing, and that's it's all part of the Brotherhood of the Serpent, which is what the book I'm reading about is. God Gods of Eden by William Bramley is the best book I've ever read in my life. <laughs> About halfway through it, it's mind-blowing. It'll, it'll change your perspective, man. It's great. I'll have to check it out. Anyways, uh, but on this documentary real quick before we get out of here, there's this one thing where this one guy's talking. I mean, these guys are complete clowns. Like, it, it's the silliest <laughs> thing. But he was talking about, like, how Bigfoot walks and how his knees bend. So he's doing a demonstration for people, but he's, he's sitting behind a dining room table. So he's talking about, like, the knee structure. So he's walking back and forth, but the table is blocking his <laughs> knees. <laughs> So you can't even see what the hell he's talking about. You see him walking back and forth over and over again. 
And he does it three or four times, and it's like, you didn't even see the damn demonstration. That's why it makes me think that it's fake. Like, the one point they were talking about, like, the footprint size. And they had, like, he's like, well, this is a footprint that we've casted. And here's Shaquille O'Neal's basketball shoe, one of our tallest basketball players. And he puts them up, and he's like, and they're, they're the same size. It's like, as you can see, the <laughs> shoe somewhat dwarfs the footprint. And it's like, if anything, the footprint was bigger. And then, then, you see, then you see him a little bit later, and he's holding he's holding the shoe up. Like, he doesn't know. It's probably... It's- it's probably just like a gag thing. Probably... I, I don't know. But it's on Amazon Video. All you listeners out there, please check it out. It's one of the funniest things you're ever going to watch. <laughs> I'm going to might check that out tonight if I if I remember. Uh, anyways, on that note, you about ready to wrap this one up? Yeah, I'm about ready. Thank you very much, guys. Please tweet us at 30 in the... Tweet us at 30 in the if you've ever seen Bigfoot or yeah. if you've ever been involved in a cult. Yes, yeah, so if you have been in a cult. Ben, have you ever, you've never been in a cult, have you? Not that I know of. I don't think I have either. I'm thinking about starting one though. The All problem right. is, is I don't have the charisma. I could be like the background guy. I need to find like a good, like a, like a, like a figurehead. Tim. Tim has less charisma than I do. <laughs> Josh. I think Josh has less charisma than Tim does. <laughs> Hudson. <laughs> you know that could be the thing. He could groom him. He could groom him. Right. He'd probably do really well. Probably. Anyways, on that note, you about ready to wrap this one up? Yep, I'm already. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Yes, thank you very much, guys. We couldn't do this without you guys. Uh, Most definitely. But we're probably gonna call this one quits for tonight. So thank you very much, guys. Peace. Uh, before we get into this episode, I got a comment I want to make. Yeah, go ahead. So, have you ever done any, like, genealogical research on your family? Have you ever, like, kind of looked into, like, where you came from? I have tried like, before. I haven't, like, I haven't signed up for Ancestry or anything like that. Mostly okay. just talking with relatives and, like, Googling shit. See, I had an uncle on each side of the family do the whole Ancestry thing, so I got a pretty good, pretty good mapping of where I come from at this point. Mm-hmm. Something interesting kind of popped up. What's that? I was kind of surprised about. Did you know that I am part Fugawi? No, I did not know Have you ever heard of the Fugawi? I don't think I have. Well, they were a nomadic tribe. And, you know, they'd wander around for a while. Eventually, they'd get lost. And they'd look at each other and they'd go, where to Fugawi? That's the whole story? Yes. Now, I'm trying to decide in my head if this is made up or not. Like, are you totally bullshitting me? Well, or is this they were real? a nomadic tribe. They'd wander around. Where were they located? They In Europe somewhere. They'd get lost, and they'd be like... So they would get lost. And they'd look around, and they'd say, where's the Fugawi? Were they partnered with somebody, or were they just by themselves? They would just wander off and get they lost. They don't know. They wandered around, they'd get lost, and they'd say, where's the Fugawi? Where the Fugawi? Okay, so they're not saying where are, they're saying we're, like we are. We're the Fugawi. We're the Fugawi. We're the Fugawi. Is this a joke? They were a nomadic tribe, they were wandering around, they got lost. They looked around and they said, we're the Fugawi. <laughs> Get it? I, I think so, yeah. Like, where the fuck are we? We're the Fugawi? Oh, Okay, it doesn't it doesn't sound quite sound like that. If you were saying All right, Fukawi, I I like Fukawi, I fucked it up. Fugawi, it just sounds like Fugawi. Where the Fugawi? I get okay. If you say it like that with an accent, where the Fugawi? Okay, I see that with yeah. an accent, but just saying it plain, I wasn't hearing it. Oh god, I was literally, I was really trying. I knew you were I, fucking with I me. I fucked it up. No, that's my bad. That's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> this entire thing is getting cut. Um, anyways, what kind of news stories? Uh, I'm sorry I ruined it, but I, was, I wasn't I wasn't hearing it. No, don't worry about it. It was my fault.
Alabama woman. Alabama. Oh, shit. I already fucked it up. Alabama. <laughs> that is a tough word to say. Have you ever tried to say Alabama? Alabama. Alabama woman faces federal charge. Er, okay, on this article it says, <laughs> look at this. Alabama woman face. It's supposed to say. It's supposed to say faces. Yeah, they fucked that up. Anyways, uh, well, if you had to steal a goat, what would you paint it? Like, what would you paint it? Steelers colors. What would you do? Would you put like a funny message on the goat? I would probably. Uh, I have no idea. I have no idea what I, what I would paint it. Yeah, I don't know either. I'd rather have the goat just as like a like a like a pet. Well, I, more like a like a like a work animal. Yeah, I mean you could do that. Like I could imagine having a goat like in the backyard. I don't really. You wouldn't have to cut grass. Like yeah, true. I could see you doing that. I don't know about. So I've never had. I don't think I've ever had goat meat. I'm trying to think. I have had goat meat. I feel like I tr- no. I tried to. It's very order, good. I tried to order some from a Jamaican restaurant at work one day. They were out of goat. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't get my it's goat meat. High in demand among Jamaicans. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. 